0: Hey, everybody. Okay, this is a bonus episode. This is extra. If 15 minutes of Parsha a week is not enough for you, if you're jonesing for more Parsha, then you you may know that I teach a weekly Parsha class here at ICAR in Los Angeles every Thursday at noon uh, Pacific time. You're welcome. Um, we've got folks joining us virtually from places as far away as Japan on, on Zoom. And uh, we've been archiving video edits of the classes on YouTube, but we thought we might try cutting down the one-hour class to about 40 minutes for you, for the listeners of the Best Book Ever podcasts that might not be able to fit a midday class on Thursday into your schedule. So I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy teaching them. Um, if you're interested to attend the class from wherever you are in the world in person, then stick around at the end of the podcast. I'll tell you how to register. Um, Just like the podcast, it's absolutely free and we'd love to have you. All right, all right. Hey, 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 here we go again. Here we go again. This is um, ah, oh, what a what an exciting moment this is to start the Torah over again. What um this is like, this is it. This is the cycle. This is the journey. Um, this is the journey that shapes this that shapes our learning, this idea of of reading from the Torah week after week throughout the year. And um, and today uh, this week we are starting the Torah again. We're starting with Bereshit. So it's um, it's the first reading of the Torah, um, a book which you know, <laughs> as my podcast says, is the best book ever. So the opening to that book is there's something just there's something about that 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 cracks open a whole new reality. Um, so this time when we're reading Bereshit, Parshat Bereshit, the first reading of the Torah, um, let there be light, feels like a time where there is a certain quality of light in the air, and um, you can feel the majesty of of, of 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 creation. We we um we say in our liturgy in our prayers that God is Hamacharish Betuvo Yom Tamid Mase Bereshit, the one who who through through God's goodness renews every single day, always the, act, the work of creation. So creation is constantly being recreated and no more so um, than, uh, than, than during this week. We're, we're recreating the world. And as we reread the Torah, which after all um, imagines the world to be created through words. So we're really recreating it by speaking those words out again. Oh, so it's a, it's a big time. I guess I will also say that it's a, a big time in my own uh, little life, because today, 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 um, my book is finally being released. So I'm very, very excited that um, it, to, it will, I, I, I'm supposed to tell you not to order it yet tomorrow. Um, it'll be available on Amazon at noon. The it has actually there already, but if you order it now, you'll get a copy with typos. So like, there's <laughs> the way Amazon works is like we're we're sending them the the latest um, PDFs. But I'll show you the I'll show you the cover just to woo. There it is. That's my book. That's my book. Woo. <laughs> so Parsha Parshanut is the name of the book. nut, It's a play on the word Parshanut in Hebrew, which means the study of the Parsha. And um, I don't know, the, the, the quickest thing I can say about it is that it's, uh, as you can see in the product description here, that it's really written in the spirit of, of Nechama Leibovitz's, uh studies in the week, in, in new studies in the weekly Parsha, which was, uh, which was devoted to, to the Parsha, um, to that, and, and specifically to the genre of, of Jewish literature that is um, Torah commentary or Parsha and that's the that's the, we, we study the text of the Torah here, but we also study the commentators and that's really what this is, uh, this book is devoted to. So there's, our, there's our, 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 our great Rabbi Brous there who blurbed me and, um, and yeah, there's a, a Dr. Viva <laughs> Gottlieb Zornberg who also blurbed me. So very exciting times all around um, and uh, I'm gonna be doing a little book touring. Um, I'll be out actually with Richard in, in Vegas in a couple weeks um, heading to San Francisco this weekend. so um, <laughs> so if you want some uh, nutty nutty guy to come to your town and talk to you about the Parsha, then uh, let me know. But anyway, very exciting. So um, so yeah, uh, that's you know we're, we're, that's a we're being renewed every day. Creation is being renewed every day, and this is very new for me to. To bring this book into into cre- into creation so <laughs> oh yeah yeah okay that was it that's uh, all the self-promoting for this week i'll next week i'll give you a link um like i said tomorrow at noon it should be the latest edition on amazon all right so let's say a blessing and uh we'll get started we'll get started a whole a whole new year this is what we do i really want to say um Uh, now that i have a book i can speak with authority um i really want to say this rhythm it's the central rhythm in my life it's one of the central rhythms in jewish life and i just i if i can say nothing else to you i so strongly recommend the practice of reading through the torah the parsha, every single week the tradition says twice through and once with commentary so twice uh twice you could do one of them at shul but like really getting to know the the text of the Torah, and then some kind of interpretation commentary. Um, the translation itself uh, actually is 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 the original version of com- commentary, the Targum. So twice through, and 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 and, uh, and you're good to go. So I, I really recommend it being part of that that rhythm. Okay, <sighs> I'm a little anxious today. <laughs> I'm a little anxious. So let's settle in. Let's say a blessing, and. Um, really just thank god for this for this book thank god for this journey thank god for this tradition thank god for this cycle okay here we are in the beginning okay and it's a bit overwhelming i mean i feel that way every year i want to I want to read through twice. I want to follow all the commentary. Just what I said, I want to get, I want to really be on top of it. I'm reading the Torah. Maybe I'll write my thoughts down. I'll say, oh, I, I noticed something here, but parashat Sheet, it's too much. It's too much. It's, there's too much coming at you. One chapter after the next, every verse is epic. Um, and um, every story is to be discussed forever. The garden of Eden is to be discussed infinitely forever and then comes Cain and Abel right and it's like it just it doesn't stop the um that that was not to mention creation itself right so it can be a bit overwhelming um, to study uh, Parshat bereshit where do you begin what do you um what do you what do you study exactly and i think um therefore today um what i what i what i what i want to do is just to follow as we sometimes do one word just to start simple there is there is after all, before we get into the all of the the commentaries and speculations and in 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 this Parsha commentaries are theological speculations I mean it's commentary on what does it mean that 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 God um, brought the world into being right the, to really ask those questions but um uh, we're going to just follow one word and see if we can just just on a, on a shot level, on a simple reading of the Torah level, can we understand how this word is being used? Because we have to understand how this word is being used if we're going to understand anything else in the, in the rest of the Torah or, or the rest of, of our entire tradition. Because the word that we're going to follow today is tov, is good, the word for good and that word is very prominent in the opening of the Torah, it's prominent throughout the Torah, and it's simply prominent in in the most basic way, in in being a primary um, uh, uh, defining term of value. What does it mean to say things are good? Okay, that's too abstract a question. Again, we're just going to be following the word and seeing how it's used, but very quickly, we're going to have another question in front of us, and we're going to have another word to think about, okay? So good, let's keep that in mind, and soon we'll get to the other word in it you You know what the other word is, because if I said when when I say good, you right, if I wh- you say the first word that comes to mind, good, right? Like what would be the first word that comes to mind? It might all not all be the same, but I bet it's it's the next word that we're headed to. but let's uh, let's take a look now. I'm going to put the the um the source sheet in the chat, and we're going to take a look at uh, in the beginning, um, cr- God created, okay, boom. And that's it. There's the. There's the, the great majestic opening. Bereshit bara Elohim et ha When God began to create heaven and earth, the earth being unformed and void, chaos and void, I prefer. Tohu with darkness over the surface of the deep and a wind from God sweeping over the water. The spirit of God, the spirit of God hovering over the water. This is not my translation. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. yehi or or. That in itself is like, we could talk about that for five hours. What, what just happened there? God said, let there be light. And there was light. And then, and this is, this is really where our focus is today. And God saw the light that it was good. Or God saw that the light was good. God, but God saw the light. He tove that it was good, and there's our word, tove, tove. Okay, we're going to be paying attention to this word um, for the rest of our time together. God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. Okay. Lots going on here. How can we even understand what was going on here? Um, but uh, uh, one more line, just to give us the first paragraph of the of the Torah. I say paragraph because there's a little break here before the next line starts, even in the scroll. God called the light day and the darkness night, and there was evening, and there was morning, one day. Okay, there we go. We just began the Torah. Okay, all right. Um, There's, okay, so much that we could say here. I want to, you know, You look at that those opening lines and I'm tempted to ask the question just sort of what do you notice, because. uh, Well, how do I ask a specific question when there's so much, uh, what do you notice what what is what's popping up here, but that's too big a question. So I want to, I want to point your attention, I want to point your noticing to one of the things that I noticed, which is that these first five lines are filled riddled shot through with binaries. There are these binaries right so let's look again what binaries do you notice and let's just try to count them up what binaries do you see here well the first one of course is it's the heaven and earth okay so now what other binaries are there what other binaries are there well the let there be light right let there be light but there's there was already darkness so there's there's darkness and light, and we know that they're binaries because God separated the light from the darkness. Okay. And a lot of the light darkness binary kind of structure continues to, to kind of rip, ripple through into other binaries because there's light and darkness and day and night. And as if, as if that weren't enough, there's also evening and morning. Okay. So, and there are other binaries. There's this, you know, there's the surface of the deep and the surface of the water, but that's getting a little more complicated than we need to get. We'd really have to look at it. But you see heaven, earth, light, dark, right? Day, night, evening, morning. Okay, so the world is full of binaries and I see folks already have thoughts on that, already have thoughts on that. So maybe let's pause here. Let's see what already do we want to say about that? Soon enough, I want to use that to suggest uh, something about our, our primary word here. But let's take a couple of thoughts from Ari, who haven't seen in a while, and Rachel, who haven't seen in a while. And it's good to see you both. I know. I'm back back for the new year. Very excited. Very um, excited. Uh, you know, because you called out the word, and it sounds like tov. And I've never thought about it before. But thinking of binaries, um, tohu bohu, right, which I know it's not a tof or a uh, tetz, uh, but it sounds like Tov, Tohu, v- bavahu, mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. wondering if Tohu, bavahu and Tov are binaries. Mm-hmm. That something about unformed and chaotic is different than when he creates something and separates something, and that's good. Good. So good. they good. sound similar, but they maybe they're opposites. Good okay, that's great Ari uh, you've done two things for us very nicely uh, one is to name another binary right there was heaven and earth chaos and void which seem to be a unit like chaos and void is tovavohu, who is a kind of a phrase but there's a kind of coupling there and that is only to continue to emphasize that the whole the whole world the whole the whole coming into being of the world seems like it's about the Separating of things, the two-ness of things, the couplets that emerge, right? But Ari does another thing for it, which imagines th- that chaos and void is one thing and good is another thing. Maybe that's a binary. In the same way that, after all, just to, 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 to underscore Ari's point, darkness is, seems to be there from the start. So when light comes in, Oh, I guess that's how a binary is formed. Light contrasting with the darkness may be good, Ari, Ari suggests, is contrasted with the chaos and void. Okay. Now, Ari has uh, has made a sophisticated point that allows me to take a step back and, and to make the the more the, the more blunt point that I was going to make, um, because because Ari's, Ari's interpretation presumes it where's the binary for tov right that's the striking thing that i noticed this year this is like all these binaries heaven and earth darkness and light day and night um um, evening and morning and we could do others maybe tov 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 and it is good and it's so prominent and so strong and it's going to be so strong throughout all of creation but the whole thing the whole beginning is couplets except for tove which has such an obvious corollary right so all i mean to say right now is that bad is missing very prominently and conspicuously missing from the opening lines of creation i'm not saying like that oh it like it, it god should have called the darkness bad but that's really the question in some ways that i'm inevitably asking is the darkness bad? Is the night bad? I mean, the the light was called good. So does that mean everything that's not light is bad? Or is, is bad being impl- like it, in, 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 um, presumed, implied by the framing? Is does bad actually already exist? Now you see where I'm going with all that. Let me pull myself back there. There's too much that's coming out already. Not for the whole first chapter. We are gonna hear from bad, but we have to wait till the second chapter. The whole first chapter is good. And in fact, not only is the light good and so many of the other things that get created good, but famously, when everything has been created, when at, at the end of the sixth day, God saw all that had been made. But at Sabi, he tov Ode. And it was very good. It was very good. It was so far, it's just been good. Now it's very good. First Usage of ode oh, and then and then there was morning and evening in the sixth day. Now, why why is the whole world very 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 good at this point? What what is the reason? What's new that suddenly? Well, maybe because it's all done. So, ta da! Or maybe because what was created on the sex on the on the sixth day? Me, <laughs> us humans. We were created on the sixth day, right? So maybe that's. What is so very good and we're so very good. And in fact, that's a, here's just a, a little, a beautiful little hint to that. The Kliakar here, my favorite of the commentators, says that the Torah adds very here, which wasn't used before this, to teach you that it was through the human being that all was made very good. And then he says a beautiful, cool thing that he borrows from the Nidrash, Remes Ledavar. And the hint to that is that Meod is the same letters as Adam, which is kind of a cool thing. This is the word for Adam. And this is the word from like human being, and this is the word from ode very same letters jumbled. So it's like a clue to you. We're very good. We're very good. We's we're what we're the very. <laughs> we're what made creation especially good. So now let's just marvel at that um account that Rachel started of, us off on, which is that there's there's a goodness to everything to everything now what might that mean that the whole world is good all of creation is good and we're especially good okay see a lot of hands here i don't know who's speaking to what but i will call them as they came up noah
1: yeah i i'm just thinking this year that the starting from the darkness and then separating that it's very interesting that we start in the womb and a sort of peripheral darkness and then emerging from that there's light so maybe the life that's being created it's paralleled and mirrored within the text that there's this darkness and watery stuff and all of that and at the end there's a light so and that's the separation is good
0: the separation itself is good and yeah. we emerge, yeah. right and we emerge from the from the darkness, the darkness so again, w- the darkness is there already, so it would be hard to say everything was bad, dark, wicked, evil, before suddenly the light came about and was good. No, that can't be it. Good seems to be so a- amplifying where where we've been headed. good seems to be a, a descriptor of the process of creation of things coming into being. all right let's take a couple more. More thoughts and then we'll and then we'll move a little further uh, 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 Lawrence Suckerman, Larry or Laura you get you get from Laura Laura
2: profound and thoughtful commentary it's been uh, it's it just very thought provoking I wanted to point out a I think a single point, um, which is uh, the unifying element God created, and it was good mm. And and I think that describes the spirit mm. and the action and how we choose to divide it night and day, day and you know sort of uh, light and dark. But the central theme is God created, and then follow it up, and it was good.
0: Great, that's great. Thank you, Laura. That's very 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 strong and and, and in, an important point. It. Good is the description of God's handiwork. And God made the world. That seems to be the point of this account. So part of what we're saying is the world is good because God made it, because it it emanates from God. God makes good. That is part, we're not just understanding something about the world, we're understanding something about what God is. God made good, maybe because God can do no other, God is only good. Uh, there, although that's, you know, a matter of some debate, like, can God make evil? But maybe also because God wanted to make a good world. God does good to us. That's, that's what the world is. So um, we are, like, we, we ought to keep track of what role divinity, godliness, godly creation has in the, good is such a slippery term, isn't it? It's like plus, and bad, negative. I mean, what is it? Morally good, beautiful. So, what, what is the good? And Laura says, well, one of the things that it is, is something attached to God. And that's that's a very strong interpretation. Okay. Um, let me see here. And, okay. Who wants to speak to this? Who wants to speak to this? Payam.
2: You know what I noticed for the first time in the beginning is that free will shows up, that God creates light. And then he waits, there's a pause, and light has a path of good and evil. And then it chooses good, and God is happy when it chooses good. But then when we're looking at the tree, it's that knowledge that good and evil exist outside of God, that there is that path we can choose. It's almost concept of a priori, things that just exist by themselves, and good and bad are these things.
0: God okay, God constructed. that's really interesting, and especially your reading of it, Payam, is so it's 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 so nuanced and beautiful. Um, let me let me get to Payam's point, but I, I'll I want to follow your train of thought because it's such a nice way to make the point. Payam says when we look at that opening act of creation, God created light, and then, as if there's like a beat, then God saw the light was good. And the way Payam reads that is like, well, will the light be good? There is such a thing as as bad light, bad lighting, blinding light, light that you don't want, right? Light in your bedroom at night. Everything has the potential. Now Paim is starting to say a really gigantic thing, which actually may solve our problem. Paim's suggesting that everything has the potential to be good or bad, good or bad. And so far, the light is good. And the trees are good, and the water's good, and the animals are good, and the human beings are good. as long as everything is operating in its right order, right place, whatever, now, now we have to fill in and start filling the about. What does it mean to be a good expression of light, and what does it mean to be a good expression of human? But the, the, the way the poem frames it is free will. at least in our case, you can go either way. You can be good or you can be evil. You can be good or you can be bad. So that's what's being suggested here is that as it stands, everything is good. But now let's see what you do with it. Let's see what you do with it. And and God seems, and I just want to add to this, given the text we just look at is, God seems to prefer that we didn't have to come to that, that. We could just all just be good all the time. Right, or I don't know. That's one way to read the 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 reluctance to give us the the knowledge of good and bad. It's just like just just stick with the good, right? But soon enough, soon enough, we find that that's that's not that's not that's not going to happen. That's not who we are. Okay, so let's come to that soon. Let's uh let's 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 start thinking soon about our. Are our, our deviations from the good, but first, uh, let's see if we can t- take a few more. The next place where we see the language of good come up is in a place of 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 of, of clear and obvious sin, um, which is uh, the story of Cain and Abel. The story of Cain and Abel, and in the story of Cain and Abel, we get a usage, a different usage of, of the of the idea of doing good, and then. A possibility of we don't mention bad, but another word, and the word is sin. Okay, the first usage of the word sin. So let's take a look at it here. And as Piam and Aura were, um, were were framing this, so um, so we we come to the story of Cain and Abel, um, able to recognize this real question of free will of human choice, which God seems to articulate. Cain, remember, is angry because he brought an offering to God, and God did not seem to accept it. His younger brother, Abel brought an offering God and God did accept it. Uh, Cain is, is sad, angry, furious, jealous, etc. cetera. And God sees that, that Cain is upset. This is a very troubling story. <laughs> it's like, we, again, we need 500 hours to talk about it. But I just wanna look at this one line where God says, and the eternal said to Cain, why are you distressed? And why is your face fallen? Surely if you do good, you will be lifted up. Now, this, this is the word and it's a little buried in the verb here, but it's that same word again. like tov. Hello, im se'et. Veim lo but if you do not do good, sin crouches at the door. chatat And then this is a very strange phrasing. It's urges towards you. Ve'elecha and you you yet you can be its master. There's real free will language, right? You could you can be its master. Steinbeck was obsessed with this line, right? In East of Eden. Okay, so you do good. That's what you're here to do. You, but it's a choice because you can also do not, not do good. Now notice bad has not been mentioned here. It's only been mentioned with the tree of the knowledge of good and bad but as yet, nobody has done bad. Um, But what is lurking is sin. Sin. Now, sin, of course, is a complicated word with a lot of baggage, but we always have to remember in this tradition that it's related to the word for um, veering off and missing the mark. We always have to remember that because that's just shot. That's just the language of of, of 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 ancient Hebrew, all of this four seven hundred picked men well, were left handed. This is from the Book of Judges. Not important in the context. And every one of them could sling a stone at a hair and not miss. Veloya chati, same language, chati and chatat. Okay. So all of this, the like setting up of this text that I just did, is responding to the question of uh, that that Ora and Payan were posing us of how much. Is good and bad a matter of choice and behavior and what you do with what you have? And now we've got a new factor in the mix, which is this sin or veering or deviating from the good, which is lurking, waiting for you, okay? So now what, what picture does that give us of the ability to do good, or some other some other course of action, all right again, I'm going to come down the line, but now hands have been up for a while. I'm not sure who is who's ready to who is who's ready to be called on.
1: Uh, okay, I'm going to go Ariella and then Matt
2: Hi. Um, what I'm saying is there's a difference between free will and bearing off the mark because as individuals we can miss the mark but still have a good intention
0: very 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 good point important point right doing good is not we usually don't use that Expression, idea, even the way the Torah is using it, it seems to be like having the intention to do a right thing, to try your best to move towards the good. So you cannot do the good, is not about like um, achievement, is it? That's not the term, is that really the term we're using here? Like, well done, and that failure is bad. No, it seems like good is about an intention towards the good, and therefore. And 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 maybe that helps explain the language that, you know, you can veer off and end up doing something called a sin, but that wasn't, you weren't doing bad. You, you flew off, but you were doing good. So that, that distinction is very important. Thank you, uh, Matt. Um, I'm sorry, but what keeps striking me here, is, and this is a point I've harped on a lot, that this is about separation and, and Leviticus is all about separating things and this is all the language of good and sin and Leviticus isn't the language of good and sin when we're actually given rules of what to do it isn't good and bad and sin it's holy and it's clean and unclean which doesn't I don't see intent in there and and I actually see that as supporting free will because it's saying I don't care about your intent. You get will. These are the things that you do. So this is I'm, interesting. This is interesting. I, I'm, I'm, yeah. Yeah. With the oh, language. And now it's, okay. Yeah, let me let me just like let me just fiddle with that a little bit, but it's very interesting what Matt is saying. The word sin is very much used in Leviticus and it's all over the place. But again, sin technically means a kind of a deviation. It is interesting to think as Matt is doing about the difference between the kinds of things that you have to atone for on the the altar, which may just be deviations, mistakes, things that need correcting, and then the pursuit of the good, which is a word that isn't used that much in, in Leviticus. I mean, it's there, but not to describe the the good and bad that leads to the sacrifices so good and bad may may have to do with ethical impulses the desire to do what is what what is right and then sin is a different realm of like how so okay so this 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 comment um amplifies in a way what Ariella was just saying but but reminds us that leviticus is not telling us um adam ki um asara a person that did evil should bring a korban but Rather, Adam kichata, when a person has veered off, sinned, then they bring an offering. So that's, it's helpful to think about where good and um, bad uh, binary continues to appear and where it seems to disappear. Okay. um, uh, I uh, will keep going. Uh, Kathy Kobayashi.
2: Okay, in some ways, I want to um, go back a little bit because clearly there's this whole issue of, you know, what is good and what is bad and what is good and not good, but it seems to me that the key issue here is really the knowledge of, of good and bad or good and not good, that that's, you know, that it seems like probably they existed before, I mean, that there, and, and, you know, we were sort of debating about that. But, but the but, the whole point of this is that we weren't supposed to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Good and evil could have existed and been been out there, and we could be doing good or not good. But we have no idea that that's happening, good.
0: Okay. I love this so, point, yes. So.
2: Oh, and I was just going to say, so what, you know, what was God's, I guess one of my questions is sort of what was God's idea? Did God really want that to be it, that there we could be out, you know, bumbling around, doing good and not good, but have absolutely no awareness of it. And um, that well, seems kind of not, yeah, kind of a little weird to me. It so.
0: it, okay. it, it, it is a little weird, but I want to, I want to, um I want to respond to it. If you were asking the question, and and that was and I was trying to justify it, I think I would say, yes, precisely, the idea, perhaps, here's another framework that Kathy's question pushes us towards. Another way of thinking about it is, we weren't, we were just animals, Mm -hmm. like, we weren't doing good and bad, we were just being ourselves, naturally, in nature, and what this story is meant to, to to, to, to describe in a symbolic language is our coming into a moral reality where we begin to think of our behaviors as, as having some kind of standard of, of ethical truth or, or falsehood or failure. And that maybe the idea was before all of this, we were just like, just running around like all the other happy animals of the garden. There wasn't good and there wasn't bad and everything was just instinct. and um that that actually that that idea, I think is well um is is well uh, 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 well, uh, 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 what, what word am I looking for that is that is strongly suggested by um, let's just go back here and see what it is when they eat the tree, right? they she and and the word you is good is used even as they they she saw it was good for eating. And they eat it and she gave it to her husband. And then what happens, right? Remember remember the snake said, you will know good and bad. What is the thing that they actually know? <laughs> the, the eyes of both of them were open and they perceived and literally they knew, same language. They, they knew that they were naked. They knew that they were naked. And what did they do with their nakedness? They covered it up. They covered it up because they were ashamed of it because suddenly there was something potentially bad about nudity, sexuality, um, nat- the natural body. And, and maybe the idea is before they eat the fruit, there was no concept that bodies or nudity or sex could have any evil associated with it. But we humans know that, it, that they can, that those things can be misused. So that's like a little bit of a, a one way of accounting for the um, for this for this for this binary. Very can quick, Kathy. Very can quick.
2: Can I say uh, just so? But is the point that you know God actually did want us to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Like it seems like almost like a a game that okay, you know, I'm going to make this possible, but what I tell you that I don't want you to eat of it. You know, it, it's almost like a little bit of a, you know, it's a trick that makes the whole story
0: possible. You
2: know, yeah. in other words.
0: <laughs> you you said know. it, Kathy. There's no, the question is so walloping and, and huge that there's no real, the question is the answer. Like, how could it possibly be that we weren't supposed to eat from the fruit? What do you mean? The rest of human history doesn't happen. That This sacred text doesn't get real. Like, you know, the idea is the Taurus Primordial, all of this stuff is supposed to happen. So it's a little, you, yeah, you do have to wonder, exactly what, like how forbidden this is. Maybe it's just like the setup to open us into a thing that is eventually our destiny. All right, I think I have time for one last comment. I'm gonna take a comment from Jen before we close.
1: Um, I really like how we've been sort of problematizing the idea of um, the dichotomy of good and evil and what that even means, or good and bad, sorry. Like they really aren't opposites. If you miss the mark, it doesn't mean you were aiming in the opposite direction. Um, And I feel like you can take that in an abstract and a concrete direction at the same time, and the abstract direction is really questioning the way that we treat binary and dichotomy as if they are opposites, like, for instance, saying the opposite sex, as opposed to them being cognitive categories that we have to do labor and work to understand, that don't exist as their own sort of qualities alone in the world that the work that we have to do because you know our ancestors ate of the tree of knowledge and good and evil is not just like recognizing the entities of good and evil in the world, but like pulling them out, unwinding them from each other, contextualizing them, looking at the life of good and evil and how it changes over time and in context. That's work. Um, that's not just seeing. And Cain's the one who messed it up because Cain's offering wasn't called bad. It just wasn't the one that God was pleased with. But Cain assumed that that meant his offering was bad. He was bad. He went to the opposite extreme because his idea of dichotomy was that simplistic idea that our work is to move away from
0: that is that is a that is a great, great place to to come to a close. We opened with binaries, noticing binaries in the opening of the Torah. I'm wondering what that means when we're so used to describing God as, as oneness, so um, and there was the, there was good, right, standing as another kind of singular quality, and then suddenly it was in conversation with bad, right? And how where were how do where do we land in that conversation? Well, Cain doesn't 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 he, he veers veers pretty strongly, um, but we continue to veer, we continue to veer all the time. That's who we are, and in fact. The, the 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 story of this opening parsha ends with God deciding it's all it's all it's all been a big mistake because God says um, it, I, I can't I can't bear it anymore because the Eternal saw how great was human wickedness on earth and there's that word ra now it's really used like wickedness and how every plan devised by the human mind or heart was nothing but and here it is again ra bad or evil all the time. Look at these people, they do so much bad. And God says, I will blot out the from the earth humankind. That's the flood, okay? So it seems like it turns out we're we when we have a choice, we go bad and we're gonna be bad and that's who we are and there's nothing to it and you gotta end the world. Very binary thinking on God's part. But, but, and we'll end with this, after the flood, God's like, Rah, the, Kill everybody except for Noah. And then God says, essentially, that was a mistake. <laughs> Oops. That was a mistake because God says, I'm never going to. Noah came out and everything came out. Noah built an altar to God. And then the eternal smel- smelled the ple- pleasing order. And the eternal said, Never again will I doom the earth because of humankind, because the devisings of the human heart are bad from youth in other words same language there I, I i recognize now that from a very early age we there's we're grappling with this good and bad question that's part of who we are but now god says i'm not going to i'm not going to react i'm not going to destroy that that's what this god, it's as if god didn't know or understand what good and bad would look like in our hands Right? It's as if God is just saying, oh, uh, this is the way people are. They've got both in them. And I kind of set it up that way, right? The, that, the, that tree was there for them to, to eat, to know, right? And I, and I just want to say one last thing, which is that there's a fun, after God says, okay, I'm never going to destroy the world again. I understand, like, bad is part of the picture now. I thought somehow I could make a perfect world, but that's a God world. In a human world, there are binaries, but not really binaries, binaries and everything in between and beyond. It's complicated, right? As Jen was saying, and take a look at the last line here after God says, okay, I realize I'm never going to, I'm never going to be able to do away with human um, wickedness. So long as the earth endures, God says, seed, time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease day and night. There's that creation language. There's that opening binaries again. And I think part of what God is saying is like, oh, right, this is what happens when you build a a world of multiplicity. It it can't be always like I want it to be. It can't be always veering towards the good. It can't always be perfect. It, It can't always be one thing. It's many things now and many things in between. And this is just the way it is. Human beings aren't good. They're not evil. They're everything. And they will be everything. And there's nothing I can do about it. The world is now in your hands. So here we go again. Good to be with you all. Good to learn Torah with you all. What a pleasure it is to start up again. Uh, Wishing you a good rest of the week. Starting at noon tomorrow, buy my book. (laughs) And then um, then, uh, I'll see you you next week at at noon. Bye, y'all. Okay, that's it. A taste of our weekly Parsha class. Uh, I want to thank everyone who came to the class, some of whose voices you may have heard today, uh, some you didn't because the podcast has been edited. So just want to thank everybody. Um, And speaking of editing, I want to thank also our uh, editor, Vera Blossom, for her great work. If you'd like to join our class sometime, and come and and join our our circle of, of Torah geeks, you can find us uh, again, Thursdays, 12 p.m. online at ikar.org. That's I-K-A-R.org. And, uh, and if you go to the calendar, uh, then you can find a Zoom link and just click in. And um, and in the section uh, on the website uh, that that uh, we keep our classes, you can if you click on Parsha Study, you'll find all of our archived classes and source sheets and everything we discuss there. So if you're looking for a regular Parsha class, I'd love to see you. Um, and, uh, and in the meantime, I will talk to you next week.